Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Labor Day is the first Monday in September. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, can decide who the winner is. I'm your host, Alex, and it's with me as always is Pat. Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. Oh. Do you know milk used to come in jugs? Now they come in cardboard? (laughs) I heard that recently. I don't know if it's true. Just moments ago. (laughs) Yeah. I have to look that up when we get off this podcast. But everything's going well with you? It's good. You know, I'm so excited for you to introduce our other host. Well, uh, Milk Jug Boy. <laughs> Milk Jug Mike. Yeah, Milk Jug Mike. Milk, Milk Jug, Jug Mike. Mike. Milk Jug What's Mike. What's up, guys? Uh, I feel like it has to be called No Labor Day. Yes. I'm done. Oh, I get I'm it. Done. I see. I'm all, end the podcast. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Mike coming in hot. That No. No. Apologize to the listeners. <laughs> no Labor Day. No, makes sense. No Labor We're Day. not supposed yeah, to work. Makes sense. Nobody's working. That's the honor of labor. Well, they didn't call it something else. I don't want to even hear about labor. Like, I'm celebrating this day, and all I'm thinking is the word labor, and it just hurts my head so badly. <laughs> like, I just have to think about labor. On my day, I'm relaxed. Little I no- just don't like it at all. Little known fact about Mike is every holiday... He sits down for at least an hour and just think about the word of the holiday. <laughs> Easter? Easter? I'm sitting on my keister listening about Easter? Come on. Yes. So, welcome to Fact Off. Um, so, you listeners decided... Who won last week, Mike? Well, uh, yeah, this show, people vote for our facts and what they like the most and what they don't like the most. Uh, you... You, uh, uh, I think you're the winner. I, I pulled out my fact calculator, and uh, Alex, you got it all. Oh, we Whee! didn't get to make the fact calculator noise. Alex wins. Wow, the cool sound effects we got now. Thank you. I had a soundboard put in. Alex, it's not, a, it's not about winning. We're trying to find out like the coolest fact, and it's about finding good facts. It's not about winning. No, it's about... I think it's about winning. Yeah. No. Yeah, my categorize like uh, people are going to look back to this like in history books and find out. All right, this is the stuff we should know, and this is the stuff we shouldn't know. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to they're going to go back in history and say, "Hey, let's listen to these three guys uh, like say half-assed facts, research facts." Yeah, we're we're basically cataloging all of history little by little, and basically, if you don't vote for one of our facts, and it gets deleted from history. from history. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Mike, what was your fact last time? I don't know. It's, it's gone. deleted from history. It's, it's gone. gone. I called the Smithsonian up and I said, burn it. <laughs> yeah, they got to stop uh, categorizing all our episodes in Smithsonian. <laughs> uh, let's get to the real reason, people are listening. My victory fact. And as you know, it's the first day of September as we record this. Did you know September is the ninth month of the year? And also has nine letters in the month. So spell it out. It's the longest month 
with the most letters, and it's the only month where the letters equal what number of month they fall into. This is the most confusing way to say what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, which is also odd because the September is Latin for seven. When they added the two months, it got pushed. Yeah. So really, it should have been the seventh month. And that fact would have been useless, but then it got pushed two months. It has nine letters. It is the ninth month. It's the longest spelling, longest word month forever. And okay. it's also my all birthday right. month. All this right. is my all favorite right. fact of all time. <laughs> I, I love how the only way Alex finds facts nowadays is just like opening up his calendar and looking at, like, oh, there's a holiday, and what's a fact about this holiday, or there's... Uh, a, a date. Uh, what's well, this? He starts off by counting how many letters are in the word. Yeah. How many moons are there? I'll um, give you a know. hint. I'll give you a hint. That's how I found my fact today, Mike. Oh, God. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we get to my fact, it's time for Pat, 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 Spectacular. Fact, 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 Spectacular. Pat, 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 Fact, Spectacular. Mortal Kombat! All right, everybody, welcome to Pat's Fast Fact Fun Time Factacular, where I give you five random facts that I get from my fact calendar that I got for Christmas. And here we go. First up. Hold on, before you start, Mike, what do you think of the word Christmas for that holiday? Piss miss me off. All right, keep going, Pat. <laughs> wow, man, how can I top that? How about this fact? Did you know that Alfred Hitchcock didn't have a belly button? Explain how. Was he a clone? No, he was I an think alien. So. Yeah. So this I thought was really interesting. Canadians say sorry so much that a law was passed in 2009 declaring that an apology can't be used as evidence of admission to guilt. Hmm. So, uh, is that where the board game's from? I'm sorry? Is the board game, sorry, Canadian? I'm sorry, what? All right, carry on, carry on. Babe Ruth wore a cabbage leaf under his cap to keep his head cool. He changed it every two innings. Really? I feel like that's just a made-up fact. I would have used iceberg lettuce. It's such a sounds like such an old thing somebody would like. Back yeah. in my day, we wore cabbage under our hats. I've always heard the best thing to do is cut up like a cucumber and and put like the, the little uh, cucumbers on your on your head. Uh, yeah, have you actually to, heard that? Yeah, it, it's oh, it then it's the same off. principle, I guess. They used to put watermelon on their heads. Oh, I remember that. Would be that. Very sticky, yeah. a very sticky situation. I put oranges in my pants to cool down. <laughs> oh, I was wondering what that was. I thought you might have like some tumors or something. <laughs> Did you know that a single strand of spaghetti is individually referred to as a spaghetto? I feel like I heard that before, and I don't believe it. <laughs> and finally, the world's most expensive dessert from New York City's Serendipity 3 Cafe came in at a whopping $25,000. What is it? They don't tell you. <laughs> it's like it, Sherbert. It's a mystery. You have to look it up yourself, <laughs> listeners. It's a, it's a Kroger brand vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> yeah, they just upcharge it. Now it has to be a special selection or private selection or whatever they call um, it. Best fact was the Babe Ruth and the cabbage. Do, Not like a sorry one. I like to think that he's the father to all the Cabbage Patch kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, hold on. On the back of the fact it said he is. 
And and the worst fact is definitely uh the one about the expensive dessert because there's that's there's no way to prove that. There's no way we could afford it, so I don't yeah. like it. Pat, look behind you. <gasps> for your birthday, I might buy it for you next year. Sweet. Would you uh, actually enjoy it, or would you just like wolf it down as fast as you could? I would eat it so slowly and sensually, and I would record it on this podcast for all to hear. Yeah, mm. hopefully you could uh, get enough YouTube views on that to make your mm. money back. You take a bite, I'm full. <laughs> yeah. It might not be vegan. You know, it might not like, be oh, vegan sucks. friendly. It's true. So, since I won last week by a huge margin, and it wasn't even close, um, I got to pick the order that we go in. And I'm going to go first because we already hinted at my fact. I forget. I already forget. No one listens to you when you talk. I listen to myself all the time. <clears throat> the year 1751. The year I was born. Isaac Norris, Thomas Leach, and Edward Warren request a new bell for the state house in Pennsylvania from Robert Charles de Colonel, agent of the province of Pennsylvania in London. Well, I don't know. Why do you even have to read these names off? You just have to tell the story. <laughs> so, on September 1st, 9, 1752, a new bell arrived in Pennsylvania made by the White Chapel Foundry in London. Is so it the, the bell? It's the State House Bell of Pennsylvania. Oh. They hung the bell in March on March 10th, 1753, had a practice swing uh, ring in, and it cracked. So they took it down, and they like they found two uh, Philadelphia foundry workers, Thomas pa- uh, John Pass and John Snow Stowe. They melted it down and recast the bell. Yeah, I, I still don't know why you need to use names. <laughs> it paints a picture. That's true. John Snow. John Stowe. S T O W. Oh, I thought his whole name was John Snow. Sorry, John Stowe. I thought it was like all one. <laughs> March 29, 1753, this new bell was hung. They went to ring it, and they didn't like the sound of it. Like, ah, oh, this sounds this sounds bad, so they took Did it, it down. Did it sound like freedom? Nah, it was like, that's a bad ring. They didn't like it, so they took it down. They tried again. They fixed it, added a little more copper, made it heavier. And June 11, 1753, they hung it back up. That guy, wow. Isaac Norris, who I said before... Still didn't like the sound of it. So he's like, you know what? White Trap will make us a new bell. And they sent it over. He rung that one. And he's like, ah, it still doesn't sound good. We'll just keep the one up there. So that's the, the State House Bell of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it sounds like a jerk. And yeah. uh, how much tax dollars are they going through at this point? I don't like the sound of the bell. I'm kind of curious. Like, do they do they test out all these different bell shapes to get the the ideal sound? I'm curious if there's like ideal. Oh, there's a science behind it. There's a science, there has to be. and like each bell kind of has like a different ring depending on how it is. Um, so this bell is you might recognize it from National Treasure, or you might better known it as the Liberty Bell instead of the State House Bell of Pennsylvania. It's the USA. Liberty Bell. USA. USA. I had no clue that's what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the bell rang for different Congress meetings, state legislature. They, uh, the bell rang when Ben Franklin went to England to air the grievances of the colonies to the King of England. It rang for the Stamp Act in 1765. And everybody would just, every time it rang, 
They said this sound sucks. You would air grievances. I, I'm going to start ringing a bell when I'm mad at stuff. Um, there's a fun fact. In October of 1777, when the British took Philadelphia, they would go in and take all the bells and melt them down from uh, to make cannons. But the Liberty Bell was hidden in a church in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and like under the church floorboards until they took... Uh, Put off your back, and then they brought it back and hung it back up. That is a fun fact. Yeah, but it was still before all this. They sort of called it the State uh, House Bell of Pennsylvania. It wasn't yeah, famous. No, no vision. It was a bell. It was just a bell there. But yeah, how jerks. did it become the Liberty Bell, Mike? What I didn't did... ask that. Yeah, when did it break again? Didn't it break twice? Yeah, it broke later. But they used it a lot. <laughs> I feel like there's a common like. A, misconception where they rung it once and it cracked they helped they the crack didn't happen to like 90 years after like continuous use and it had like a small crack and they rung it and it uh they tried to fix it for uh they would ring it on george washington's birthday they tried to fix it it's like drill moving mm-hmm. what was it called and they put like 40 drill yeah. bites in it and then they rung it once and then another crack appeared and they're like no what it's done we're not going should, to ring it. They should have used flex tape. Everybody knows that's how you fix a bell. Yeah. But Doesn't how, the word stow appear on the Liberty Bell? Yeah. All the, guys the... Na- all the guys I mentioned's names appear on the Liberty Bell. Ah, mm-hmm. see, I never knew who, what those words meant. The, yeah. the reason why he kept messing the names up because he was like reading it off of the bell. I yeah, it's have all cracked. the bell. But <laughs> yeah, how he has it... a bell right, down, right now near him. How did it become the Liberty Bell? <laughs> well, also on the bell, there is an inscription. So the bell was commissioned in 1751. In 1701, when William Penn founded Pennsylvania, like Pennsylvania was a Quaker state known for like the religious freedoms, Native American liberties. Like it's a really open free state for like everybody. That's what like the kind of what the Quakers wanted. It was the first state to abolish slavery and all. But on it, it says in honor of like religious freedoms that they wanted and stuff. They had put on there, blockade liberty throughout all the land until all the inhabitants thereof. It's from the Bible, from Uh-oh. Leviticus, which is supposed to be when the Israelites were supposed to release their slaves every 50 years and prisoners every 50 years were supposed to be released. And they can go back to the family. Kind of does. Everybody should have freedom. That's what this is described on the Liberty Bell. So after the war, abolitionists, like the anti-slavery people, started to use the Liberty Bell as a symbol. So they first mentioned it in their publication, the anti-slavery record, which was what they called it. Just straight to the point. We're not. Yeah, we're just like, we don't want to dance around it. This is what and, we're about. And in 1847, a guy named George Lippert wrote a, a short story, Ring, Grandfather, Ring. So this was a story. It's completely fake. That the, this old bellkeeper was waiting to ring the bell when Congress declared independence from England on July 4th, 1776. And it's the old man. He's tired. He doesn't think it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, his grandson runs in like, they declared independence. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. So everybody thinks that the Liberty Bell was ranged on July 4th. It wasn't. And then they're like, oh, it also rang on July 8th when like everybody signed it and it was like officially done. And they said, no, that didn't happen either because the bell tower was under construction at that time, so it was taken down. 
So it never longed for like independence, but it was this symbol of independence. So after the Civil War, America was divided. I don't know if you know that. The Civil War was almost tore America apart. Really? I've never heard of this. Yeah, go on. So the Liberty Bell became a symbol, and it traveled the country. People got tattoos, all all that. A lot of people have Liberty Bell tattoos around where I live. (laughs) It went to Charlotte. It went to New Orleans. It made it to San Fran. It was a sign like like freedom and liberty or what America stands for, and the Liberty Bell represents that because it supposedly rang on July 4th when we declared our independence and freedom. And like it made the stops to all the towns, and everybody came to see it. I believe it. So and then it just became this symbol of like this is America's uh, land of free. And then in 1915, when the bell wasn't ringing anymore, it was women's suffrage, and they wanted the rights to vote. And they used the Liberty Bell as like their symbol: we should be free, we should be able to vote to vote. So they made a new bell, exact replica of the Liberty Bell, called the Justice Bell, that wouldn't ring until women had the rights to vote. So in 1920. It rang for the first time when the 19th Amendment was passed. Nice. Where's that bell? Yep. And then in like the civil rights movements, like the bell was used as the symbol of freedom and liberty. And that's how it became the Liberty Bell. Before that, it was just the State House Bell of Pennsylvania. And, and then. And now it's yeah. the symbol for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. And that's what my last fact is anytime a Philadelphia player hits a home run at home, a giant Liberty Bell in the stadium rings back and forth. It's pretty great. It is awesome. Cheapening patriotism. Yeah. The Liberty Bell is rang, is like hit with a, like a mallet now, 13 times on, at 2 o'clock on July 4th. And in, uh, I think it's June, for uh, Martin Luther King. No, oh, I didn't know they still hit it. They hit it with like a mallet. Like, they don't ring, like, it doesn't ring anymore. They would ring it, like, they don't ring, like, the in me, like, the thing in the middle. I also, it's actually cool if you look up the, uh, like the National Park Service, there was like a speech from D-Day. They rang the bell on D-Day before like they stormed Normandy. Well, it might have been why it was going on. The uh, mayor of Philadelphia ran it saying like, we're ringing this six times because we're liberating and freeing France from the Germans. They rang it on like the day of uh, D-Day. Is it true we were uh, losing that battle until yep. they started ringing that bell? They rang it six times for the... Like six or seven. How many letters are in Liberty? <laughs> they rang it that many times. Seven. <laughs> seven. I don't know. Um, How many letters are in September? Yeah, I don't know. Don't bring, bring that up. Bell. Let's bring yeah. a bell for no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's how like the Liberty Bell became like an actual like symbol of freedom. Uh, but my fact is called Ring the Damn Bell. I feel nice. like I just read my eighth grade textbook. <laughs> I could go see the Liberty Bell, and they won't have all these good this good information on it. Liberty Bell is like I recommend it. I recommend going to see the Liberty Bell and then taking a tour of Independence Hall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's really cool. Who's up next? What's your, what was the name of your fact? Ring the damn bell. My next. Oh, thank you. Next week's mm-hmm. fact is going to be about Independence Hall. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Only if Somebody. something happened on September seventh. <laughs> Uh, Independence Hall, the first White House, where they vote and sign the Declaration and the Constitution. True. Or who's up, who's up next? One house? of the most important buildings in American history. Uh, we've had enough of this fact. <laughs> who's up next? Uh, when Abraham Lincoln died, his body was placed there with uh, the Liberty Bell. Come on. 
Who's up? Who's up? Strikes Who's up? over the Liberty Bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, what they gave him, like the what they do in wrestling, where they did the ten gong salute. When they yeah. Died. Uh, Pat's next because Mike's being a dick. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the fact off, everyone. This is my fact, which we like to refer to as the best fact. It's very short today. I feel like I picked a good spot. Have you ever heard the song "Colin Baton Rouge"? No. Yes. It's uh, Garth Brooks sings it, and it's a very popular song. It reached number two in the U.S. And uh, he goes, ah, "Operator, once you put me on, do I send my love?" Blah, 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 diddly 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 doop, and it's really fun. I don't think the diddly doop is uh, actually part of the lyrics, but uh, Colin Baton Rouge is what my fact is all about. It was originally recorded in 1978 by the Oak Ridge Boys, yeah, and in okay. yeah, and in 1993 it was covered by Garth Brooks on the album In Pieces. Okay. No, oh, that classic. album would. Yeah, Garth Brooks is. I really want to see Garth Brooks. He's on my bucket list of concerts, and I'm not even a huge Garth Brooks fan. But after hearing this story, I really want to see him. Uh, his album it's, in it's pieces. It's uh, Chris Gaines, actually. Yes, that's who I really want to see. Uh, the album would go on to sell 10 million copies in the U.S. It's very popular. Uh, so the song has a very special place in the uh, Louisiana State University community, LSU. Have you heard ah, about this? The, the Tigers were. Yes. So apparently it's the pregame song for the LSU Tigers football team. Really? Yep. It's also the song where that the baseball team runs out onto the field to. Really? <laughs> and it's the song that's played at 2 a.m. at all of the Tigerland College Bars in Baton Rouge. Really? <laughs> That's right. Did you just uh, like recently go on a trip down there? <laughs> no, it was just like I heard this story earlier this year and I've had it in my back pocket. It's a very short fact. It just, when I read it, I thought it was awesome and I wanted to share it on the fact of it. I'm sure people already know this fact. So this year on April 30th, so this, the whole point of this is to say that Colin Baton Rouge is a huge, huge thing in Baton Rouge for LSU fans. Um, And this year on April 30th, Garth Brooks played Tiger Stadium, where LSU plays, in front of 102,000 people. That was slightly less than the Fact Off live show. Yeah. And as someone who loves live concerts, this would have been, I would love to be a part of something like this. So at around 9.30 at night, he started playing Call in Baton Rouge, and guess what happened? Everybody shit their pants. (laughs) Essentially. Hit it the was, brown note. <laughs> they hit the brown note. It was so loud, it caused an earthquake. Yeah. That's how loud everyone was singing. Um, everyone, the people who had Apple Watches, do you guys have Apple Watches? No. So apparently they have an <laughs> alert on your phone. It's like a loud environment alert that says uh, it'll go off and it'll say, hey, 10 more minutes at this level can cause temporary hearing loss. And people... <laughs> We're at the concert taking pictures of their watch saying, it's way too loud in here. I'm um, pretty sure any concert will set that off. <laughs> I don't think that's any anything special. Well, I've been to a ton of concerts and they've never caused an earthquake. Have you? Well, that part is interesting, but like the Apple Watch one, like I'm sure that happens at every concert. Yeah, that's what they say. It happens at like pretty much all LSU games. It's like a loud stadium. Also, it's 102,000 people at a concert. I'm sure it was crazy loud. But uh, that's like their theme song. He played it. And uh, yeah, it's caused an earthquake. So then I looked up some little uh, extra facts. It's not the only concert to ever cause an earthquake. There's a, there's a few others, and I'm sure this is not the whole list. But uh, a few years ago, the Foo Fighters played New Zealand. Yeah. Caused an earthquake. 
U2 back in the 90s in Brussels caused an earthquake. Okay. And this one, so like Foo Fighters are real big. Garth Brooks is huge. Uh, U2, one of the biggest bands of all time. Causing earthquakes. Makes sense. This one surprised me. Florence and the Machine. Really? Caused one in Germany because during their song, you know, the dog days are over. No. They make, uh, they tell the crowd, everyone to jump up and down. So there's like 60,000 people at a festival and everyone jumping up and down caused an earthquake. That can make that earth move off its axis. <laughs> I could see Florence the Machine being huge in Germany. Yeah. Uh, also, that song is great. And the band Madness, which is a personal family favorite of the Maloney's, they actually caused two earthquakes in London. They're so popular in London, they just cause an earthquake every time they play. And then finally, my, the end my fact, it was not the only earthquake at Tiger Stadium back in the 80s. Have you ever heard of the earthquake game? No. So the earthquake game was between LSU and Auburn. Auburn was undefeated. They were, four and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were 4-0. LSU was 2-2. Two and two. Obviously, they were the underdog. And Auburn was like on their way to the national championship and they had been outscoring everyone. It was like a hundred and something to like 40 points. Like that's how much they were dominating. And the game was six, nothing going into the last two minutes of the game. And LSU scored a touchdown, which erupted the fans so loud that it caused the first earthquake at Tiger stadium. Nice. And it is now my life goal to go to a concert or a football game that is so loud. Apparently, Seattle Seahawks, they register sometimes as earthquakes. So I have yeah, to go but to supposedly that. the rumor is they pump in crowd noise. Really? It's supposed yeah, to be the like, loudest stadium. Well, and it's also like how it's like designed. It's built weird, yeah. It's supposed to be, but I also heard a rumor where they pump in crowd noise. Are that's you sure? Weird. Yeah, that's what I heard. You're anti-Seattle guy. It was from a San Fran, Francisco <laughs> fan, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so that's my fact. It's all about just man-made earthquakes. I hope to be part of one one day. Not a real one. Oh, uh, can so Alex... The, the, so these aren't actually earthquakes. They're just like they register as yeah. an earthquake. There are so much uh, movement and noise in the ground that... So the Garth Brooks one, they anticipated it. Like So someone at the college got a machine out and waited for the concert to like measure it. Every and time they, I... Oh, go ahead. No, and then a seismologist. <laughs> every time it goes to use a well, every time I every time I go to get my get my newspaper registers on the Victor scale. Side note: I forgot <laughs> to bring this up. Have you guys ever heard the March of the Liberty Bell? No, Wait, we, you can't. We're done with the stupid fact. Liberty Bell fact. All right, my fact is uh, closed. You can add your fact right now. Can you hear it? Yeah, I've yes, it literally there. sounds like every song that without like that. Oh, it's uh, the guy who wrote it saw his son walking in a parade as the Liberty Bell was uh, on its way back to Philadelphia after its, after its nationwide tour and wrote that song. So. What's that? You guys want to hear calling back? Congratulations to him. Yeah. All right. I can't hear it. <laughs> okay. What's... Uh, Mike can What's go the name next. of your fact? Pat, what was the name of your fact? Call him Bad Rouge. I'm not going to do anything fancy. I will, I'm trying to get the Garth votes. All right. All right. Well, allow it. Hey, all right. I'm, I am up next. Have you guys? Did you guys watch that new Manti Teo uh, documentary on Netflix? You know I don't believe in documentaries. You no. Know. 
it's pretty inter- interesting. I, it's all about how he was catfishing. To my recollection, yeah. that was like one of the first like mainstream catfishing stories that I've heard. I think it was like the first like big one. Yeah, I, I think it was because that was right when the internet was taken off. Like Facebook was pretty new at the time, and uh, people didn't know how to react. And then obviously there's like the the catfish shows that are really popular now. Oh, was this a football player? Yeah, from Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I felt bad for that guy. Yeah, and people didn't believe him. Like they they thought he uh, was yeah. lying about it, or he was gay, or something like that. It was it was pretty. Uh, well, that's because people suck. Yeah, kind of. I kind of felt bad for him after watching the documentary, but um. That's- that's what everybody. I heard it's. I heard from multiple people. It's really good, and then everybody says that you just feel bad for him. And that's yeah. your fact. That's a cool fact. All right. Yeah, that's my that's fact, guys. Yeah, close it down. Close it down. <laughs> no, this got me interested in like, did catfishing exist before the internet? Like, was there catfishing, and what what did what did it look like? And it kind of did. There was different ways to go about it. Um, like. Back in the day when newspapers were huge, people used to open up like fake personal ads to like lure, lure people in, uh, yeah, they were you know, like, say, saying they're really rich or like uh, that sort of thing. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. You're not yeah, that song's not food. as innocent as you think. <laughs> yeah, that, that one sounds kind of questionable. Um, there was even a famous like serial killer named Albert Fish who wrote to victims like fabricating his like using an alter ego uh was his nickname cat no he pretended to be like hollywood tycoon robert hayden and he would like lure people to like uh his his really nice house and like probably kill Kill him him. (laughs) what did he do to these people he's a serial killer yeah he he was a serial killer (laughs) i think he killed him he probably killed people yeah but today, I'm not talking about any of those because you know I don't feel like talking about serial killer. I've, we've we've done that enough. Um, Have we? I'm talking about 14 letters that were written in 1772 by the widow Silence Dogwood. S E P T E M B E R. Is that 14 letters? Uh, Silence Dogwood is. I'm not even counting. I don't care. And published in the New England Current. Okay. So Silence Dogwood uh, made quite a name for herself. Um, the actual publisher uh, each week would get a letter that not not each week goes every other week, but they'd get a letter slid underneath the door, and they didn't know who it was from. It was it said it was addressed as Silence um, Dogwood, and so these letters uh, were I guess good enough to be published in the paper. Um, and the first two letters were kind of like the way of like uh, introducing herself like to the to to the readers. So she um, explained how her father died when she was born, and uh, I thought it was kind of hilarious the way she explained it because they said that uh, she said that her father was celebrating her birth on the front of his ship, and a wave came and and crashed him off the ship. To me, that sounds like a made-up story. Um, kind yeah, of. I'm sure that happened a lot back then. What year is this? It's 1772. It sounds oh, okay. plausible enough, though. You think so? I don't, it, yeah, maybe back then uh, people were easily entertained by this stuff. Um, so she made up this sob story that she was raised in the country while, while her mother worked long hours. Um, and then her mother later died. 
and she was forced into an apprenticeship um, with a reverend. And the reverend never married, and he eventually, I guess, when she got old enough, married her. Okay. And so they spent seven years together, and as I quote, she said, it was the height of conjugal love and mutual endearment. That's nice. That's how I would describe my marriage. Conjugal love. That sounds very like like she was in prison or something. One of them was. (laughs) Yeah, one of them. Um, They had two girls and a boy together, and then the reverend died. So another sad, sad story. Because, of course, as I said earlier, she was the the widow silence. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the 14 letters were just kind of more entertaining, like, uh, I guess, notes. Uh, she would um, write, sat- it was kind of like satire mixed with, like, wit and that sort of thing. And uh, sh- some of the stuff she made fun of were, like, she made fun of... Um, Harvard and that sort of thing, like different institutions at the time that were kind of because I, I think newspapers at the time were not very uh, fun. They were more very like serious. <laughs> not like today. Not not today. Yeah, the newspaper got... nowadays is a laugh riot. Oh, it's great. Uh, we have, get like, to the car- comic section and it sucks. Oh, the comic yeah. section is so serious all the time. Oh my god. Good like grief. I'm, like, yeah, <laughs> good grief indeed. Um, and. People started like glomming onto her, like they they got it really excited every time, every two weeks when these would get published, and uh, the newspaper would get letters from people like fans. Uh, they were trying to marry her, like uh, asking to marry her and that sort of thing. And finally, they just stopped coming. They they just stopped arriving, and the newspaper stopped publishing these letters. Comes out that the publisher James Franklin discovered that the writer was none other than his brother, 16-year-old Benjamin Franklin. Oh. Nice. Yes. So I guess his brother wouldn't... So he'd write letters, or he'd write things to get published, and his brother wouldn't let him publish things. Um, So I guess to spite his brother and to show off that he could write good stuff, he was using this pseudonym, Silence Dogwood. And I just thought that was pretty hilarious that um, Benjamin Franklin, at the age sixteen, pulled pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and what a prankster uh, he was. And we it, rung the bell for him. We yep. did, we did. But that wasn't his most famous pseudonym. Um, he's actually known as Big Dick Frank. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say the exact. Yeah, how'd you how'd you know? How'd you know? No, he is actually known as Richard Saunders. Okay. Can you guys guess who Richard Saunders is? Ben, ben Franklin. Ben. You already told us. <laughs> no, like the. All right, you guys won't ever guess this. Uh, poor Richard's Almanac. Uh. So he wrote that as a pseudonym, Richard Saunders, and uh, the rest is history. Is he also Lady Whistledown from Bridgerton? Yes. He is actually. I they said it. he had a bunch of other pseudonyms he wrote under. Um, he was a pr- pretty prolific writer. Obviously, he wrote uh, some of the Declaration of Independence. So he was pretty badass. Um, he wrote so electricity. He yeah, he did. He invented electricity himself. He wrote the fire department and the post office. Yeah, he did it all. Uh, so my fact is called Silence Dogwood. 
So we had two. You guys had Ben Franklin. It's Ben. It's Ben Franklin week in Cincinnati. I didn't know it was Ben Franklin week. But hold on, you said Ben Franklin had a pseudo name, and you know who else had a pseudo name? Garth Brooks. Yeah. So there I, you go. They're I all said connected. It, I said it. I said no, it earlier. I know. No, I'm saying this is how all our facts are connected. I'm trying okay. to make it all connect. <laughs> you also had a pseudo name. The Liberty Bell. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was named the Shitty Bell. Oh, okay. Uh, Name one good thing from Kentucky. <laughs> don't uh, say bourbon. Fried chicken, get out of here. No, uh, we're invented. a Chick-fil-A country now. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, I don't, well, there you have I don't, it, folks. So I don't eat meat, but Chick-fil-A, man, the lines are around the block. Every Chick-fil-A I pass. Yeah, I don't get it. Did you know that secretly it's it's not chicken? It's actually a veggie patty? Nah. Yeah. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. You almost fell no. for it. You I'm was almost a hopper into his car. I know the pickle juice thing. I was like, what? <laughs> but the french fries are made of meat. It's opposite. I said it. All right. Well, that's that, that's the fact. <laughs> that's, it. that's not the opposite of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's meat. All right. Uh, it's meat and potatoes. The ox- opposite of potatoes is tomatoes. Everybody knows one's underground, one's above ground, one's dry, one's wet. He's got it's you there. It's tomatoes, dick. One's uh, brown, one's red. <laughs> what is happening okay. like this? <laughs> so there you have it. Our three facts are ring the damn bell. That will probably win because it's an awesome fact. You, you, Call you didn't even sing the song. You can ring my bell. Ring my bell. Yeah, you missed your uh, window of opportunity. Uh, then you can uh, vote or vote for Colin Baton Rouge. Colin Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Or you can vote for Mike's Fact, Silence Dogwood. You're not taking it, Pat? What? All right, there you have it. Go vote on <laughs> factoffpodcast.com. I, I thought you were going to sing Mike's title. Uh or you can click on the little vote button in the show notes. It will take you right there, and you can vote for which one you think is the best. Check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, rate and review us on pod, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Pat is working this year, so he'll be posting a lot more on Twitter. I and started a TikTok. A, he has a TikTok that he does <laughs> stuff on. I've not, uh, I've not opened it yet, but I did download TikTok. So <laughs> that's a start. Look for him now, <laughs> and have a great day. Yeah.